Hey everyone, it's Wednesday, June 10, 2020, so you know what time it is. It's time for the 36th installment of the weekly catch-up podcast. My name is Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. What's going on, dude? Who we got, you know, took classes this week, I'm a little tired, been hanging out with friends, getting some sun. Right on. You look good, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Rocking the Patagonia in the studio. Yeah, you know. Looking sun-kissed and ready to go. Yeah, ready. You know, you never know whenever you're about to go on a hike or something, you know. Okay, well, we're not about to. Mentally, maybe. Yeah, mental hike. Are you ready to go on this mental hike with me? Absolutely. Let's get it! It's the weekly catch-up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci. How they deep in they bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Alrighty. A little bit of housekeeping to start us out. Before we get into this episode, time for corrections and revisions from last week. This is totally on me, B. Okay. So, forgive me, Shelly Belly. I know your Instagram handle is at Session6Salon, not Hair by Shelly XO. We totally, yes. we totally tagged her, uh, her old Instagram. Oh. So, when I went to go like verify this with the show notes last week, I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry shells i feel like the worst thing that you can do to a sponsor is like you know shout out their wrong social media handles like their cta basically i feel like we give her a freebie this week then yeah so this you know one is brought saying? to you by shelly belly on the house that's right follow at session six salon thanks for sponsoring last week's episode and more fun stories about her in a little while all right how are you man i'm good <laughs> i don't know uh, exactly what we want to get into first. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you worried? <laughs> uh, sure. I'm always worried whenever I get in the booth with you. The uh, booth. <laughs> no, um, you know, I started my master's classes this week, so that's probably the biggest news and stories that I'll be pulling from. I don't know if we just want to jump into that. Yeah, man. We... I, I want to hear about that because I, I saw a screenshot of like a bunch of you on Zoom. Oh, yeah. So my friend Melissa Mencia um are y'all in grad school together yeah wait wait care carol's sister um melissa mencia i went to swallow with her i don't yeah I don't yeah know. didn't she have an older sister carol it could be i've never it, met her was, so okay but yeah that, that was like the the older generation like michael hustle's class all of okay. them there could be a relation i'll ask her um but yeah, so her and I took education courses, you know, back like what, six years ago. And um, there, I know like six, seven other people in those classes. Um, so it was pretty cool seeing some familiar faces and getting paired up in groups. Like I'm taking three classes this summer and all of them uh, are going to be, ha- at least two of the three are going to be having group projects. And so I get to hang out and catch up and kind of goof off of some of my old buddies and uh, <laughs> is that how you describe it yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> hey guys want to goof around and go to grad school yeah <laughs> want to do it all via zoom <laughs> dude zoom is the way to do it because 
for one of my classes, you know, we were going to have 15 quizzes, a midterm and a final. Now it's been knocked down to like seven quizzes, no midterm. And our biggest project is like a group project. Oh, it's. They're like, thanks for coming here, everybody. Yeah, we're like, we just did not expect Thanks it. for coming to our Zoom. Dude, it's amazing. This is not Ivy League Zoom, yeah. but it's our Zoom. I was supposed to have two classes on Monday and my second one was canceled because of prior engagements. I'm like, okay, this is a great way to start off the semester. Um, so I had it today. We could finish an hour early. Uh, <laughs> Why are you bragging about this? I. I, I'm not it's less of a brag and more of just like yeah that's that's about right <laughs> for what Swahoo. <laughs> oh, okay oh so we can we can throw a little bit of shade dude yeah, so you put uh, listen, me in this lurch the last month we're like okay so I can't hear me hate. out hear me out okay I'm setting you up <laughs> okay thank you and I'm a dunk the ball yeah okay alley you baby um dude Tell me why I was like ready to kind of go in on Swahoo today, and then they follow me on Twitter this morning. Oh, perfect! I love <laughs> I'm it. Like, oh, I man. love it. I um, love it. and to be real, like I love those professors that I have, but like it is super laxed. I used to get called into the president's office back in my tenure at Southwestern because I would write long Facebook rants about them, and <laughs> I, I, I would tag them. I like I literally. Dude, would tag the him. amount of like assemblies that you would write about or uh, I was um, so aggravated yeah. at all the bull that was preventing me from getting an education. Yeah. Like <laughs> anywho, that was dude, that was next year is my 10 year college reunion Dang, that I going? will not be attending. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I just don't think I, I've never been back. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that for me. Well, we visited once. Yeah, I mean, I've been back and around, obviously. I still have close family that lives there. and um, But not like back to, I get you, I hear you. I've never been to an official Southwestern function mm. since graduation day. Got it. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so back to the classes. Um, one of the, let's see, one of the classes that I'm taking. How long are these classes supposed to be? Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Um. Technically, like if COVID never happened, they'd be eight hours long and we'd be in person and they only be about three weeks, but we're stretching them out to eight weeks. So, okay. Yeah. Two hours meet twice a week for each class. I have no classes on Fridays. Um, yeah. One of them, we were just like setting up a website with like links and adding, adding uh, extensions to our Chrome bar and. I don't know. It just, it didn't feel. I'm telling you, education is going to go out of business. Like a lot of these colleges are not going to survive this. Well, because and, and let me tell you, this is in, a, in a way it was important because we did have older teachers that were asking like, whoa, whoa, like, how do you do that? Like what's going on? Right. And I, me, me and some of my peers are just like, so I could have slept in. Or... The, the reality of the situation in America that you're faced with today is that if, unless you want to be, an engineer or a doctor or something like that. Um, you know, YouTube and Google and, you know, open source tools and platforms are going to be the best educators for those that want to work at a rapid pace and are curious and in love with their search. For sure. Like you can't, you can go, the best dev school to go to is probably Lambda school in terms of like taking people off the street and turning them into like $210,000 a year Google engineers yeah. on a routine basis. Like 
Um, and they've really pioneered a remote learning type situation, but that's obviously very specialized to, I mean, they, they teach a broad array of different uh, CS stuff, yeah. uh, coding, blah, blah, blah. But just this traditional college institutional way when it's, when it's vanquished to zoom and like the whole, the, the, the colossal nature of the buildings and, you know, different professors tenure and the different people you might encounter on campus, those different items that really are what lead to the markup, you know, mm-hmm. on education, they're not there to stand for themselves anymore. It's just like yeah. the strict instruction by, a, a, you know, Zoom. And whenever you can almost fault the teachers because they're thinking, okay, the first day, let me introduce myself, give some yeah. background, we're going to set up some links, and then we'll be done. Dude. Because they they're planning it all out, and it's like we could just do the first week today. But even get this, uh, the so all of these students, all, you know, all of my peers, we're taking all three classes together. And so whenever the teacher's like, "All right, let's introduce ourselves. How did teaching go for you post COVID this year?" Like we're having to answer those questions aloud to each other three times. Um, because all the teacher, all of our professors are like addressing the same thing and like asking us the same question is like, they want to get to know us, but we've already heard this story, you know, an hour ago and the day before. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know. It seems like the private school distinction that should be occurring here is more one-on-one time with the instructor. Yeah. Like, why didn't they do like a little, you know, 15 minute interview for all the students in a one-on-one session and record it? That way they actually can build a connection and a relationship because here's the thing did i tell the black squares not the the blackout tuesday story but the um did i tell you about my pipeline story i don't think so <laughs> well because in business people like on zoom are very optional in terms of turning on their you know audio half the time much less their camera and i'm always on full camera hair done collared shirt on in my pod or in my home office like, cause I respect it. And they, like, if sure. you see my face, it's going to go better. And so I have 75 deals in the pipeline where it's like, there's 75 black squares named Karen <laughs> or Mindy or Jennifer or Shelly. Like there's 75 of those. Yeah. And I don't remember if they want Microsoft teams or the Slack integration or whether they're interested in the new product or whatever is happening. Yeah. You can't, you can't put a face to, I can't put a face to anything. Yeah. So I've looked up their LinkedIn. I, I created a note, you know, I don't want to give away all my tactics here, but <laughs> at the same time I was telling my boss this the other day and he was just breaking down laughing because I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to write everything down because I can't remember who any of these people are yeah. because they're literally all named the same in HR black squares. Yeah. So, I think that the one-on-one time with your instructor could go a long way sure. in creating that relationship. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the most exciting part, so two of my classes, I'm taking the de- um, curriculum development and then I'm also taking a uh, psychology of education. And with those classes, like where I'm going to find the most value in these classes is really like on education theory and, um, just finding new strategies to reach students that maybe I haven't been able to in the past and like cater to them and, and provide different types of projects and assignments for, you know, even a higher percentage of my class to grow and learn. Um, so jokes aside, I am looking forward uh, to those two classes and learning a bit more about that. The other one has to kind of do with leadership. Um, yeah. 
it, it has less to do with like being in the classroom and it's more like preparing you for like a principal role or stuff like that. And uh, I'm a people person, so I don't typically, uh, <laughs> they're I don't, like day one, buy a, <laughs> buy a short sleeve button down shirt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, comb your hair. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like don't look disheveled. I, <laughs> Where's your part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to get something out of that one, but I think I'll, get less out of it. it has nothing to do with the professor just kind of the the um stuff that we'll be going over so how many how many credit hours does these three two-hour classes represent oh i can i have it like in my... what contextually how how many of these installments are you going to have to do to get a master's degree in... so more or less it's like three classes for the next four summers okay oh okay yeah so not bad no but and I four could take, years, you could take, you could do it in two if you ramped it I up. I could, but, but then I would no. be paying for half of it. I'm doing this for free. Oh, so the way that they, you know, compensate it is like, yeah. And then if I get off track, let's say I, if I do this semester and then I join back in the following summer, well, I already took those classes that they were going to be providing, and so well, Swahili was so bad with like class offering like the fact that i graduated in three years from there with my credits that i transferred in with um was a miracle because you know half the classes you're just threading the needle because they're taught every other spring or yeah. something like that but okay and that makes sense because they also as part of your added compensation and all that want you to be focused on your teaching job in the school sure. year yeah. so they don't want to burden yeah you. so i'm not really hating on it um that makes more sense if i could like take some this next semester and then get more classes for free <laughs> next summer than i would but i feel like since it's going to put me off track then i'll probably just do it over the next four summers so right on yeah so what it's a master's of educational leadership uh educational leadership yes sir okay um, what is it? An M S A? It's an uh, MBA. I, I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's abbreviated as. To be honest, I'm such white trash. Like I, I don't know much about post grad education. Dude, me neither. Um, and I'm in it. I'm like undergrad. Whenever you're having to fill out like an online form and specify education level, I'm always like, it's frustrating because undergrad is like halfway through now, and then it'll be like post-grad masters like phd lawyer doctor and i'm just like oh i'm just like middle of the pack here with this undergrad degree michael always tells me that i have an mba from yc in terms of kind of like uh, startup growth and different things like that um but you know i I have a greater respect for MBAs and stuff. Like yeah. if you have an MBA, I'm going to mention it to people. You right. know what I mean? Like when, when you're sizing, when you're introducing a person um, and you're, or you're like prefacing someone's arrival with someone that they should meet. Oh, he's this like MBA, whatever, you mm -hmm. know, you, it's part of this narrative, so sure. to speak. So yeah. anyway, I got to show you this one picture from, I took a picture uh, during one of our Zoom sessions for my buddy Devin. Um, and this will kind of sum up like the confusion during one of these classes. And he just like, that was his face like the, the whole time. Oh, is he in class with you? Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Um, I know. He's a good him. guy. Yeah. 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 No, he's very nice. Uh, he's like best friends with Chloe for forever. Oh, yeah. Heston's Chloe. Yes. Um, so you're busy getting a master's degree. 
uh-huh. in four years. I got ordained this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Call me Pastor Carson. <laughs> oh, who would have thought, man? All I'm saying is come through, tell me your sins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your favorite part would be the confessional. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, then what happened? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. That That's... took five minutes, baby. <laughs> five minutes? Yep. Wow. Like, I literally, it was like, you want to get ordained? I clicked yes. And the next screen was like, you're ordained. <laughs> it was over. Wow. I was like, oh, I was expecting like a driver's like ed a multiple course choice. Or like, or... <laughs> you know, when you get a ticket and you have to go to defensive driving, yeah. I was like, it's like, what? should people be married forever? Yeah. One month, two days? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I thought there was going to be a quiz. Nope. I just had to buy it. Right. Technically, they ordained me before a payment gateway of any kind that's insane but to, to actually marry the reason I'm, i got ordained in all sincerity yes, is to marry michael to... and shelly this fall i'm yeah. the officiant at their wedding and so i had to get I, I thought i would have to do all this notice and blah 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 nope my my commemorative pack is coming to me which i think actually has pertinent like certification like legal documents okay. that it's kind of silly like I'm I'm ordained now in the spirit of everything, but I couldn't actually marry them unless I bought whatever they were getting, yeah. like sending to me. I don't know if I have a marriage license or I have like a proof of like, I can do this yeah. and I can do it here. I think that's the bigger deal. The fact that I can do it in Texas. Yeah. So. Well, congrats, man. Anyway, if anybody wants to get married, uh, I'll do 500 a pop. Um, I just have to be invited on the bachelor party, <laughs> whether <laughs> I know your idiot. husband or not. <laughs> oh, I hate you, man. But yeah, man, call me, call me PC, no, Pastor Carson. <laughs> no way. Hey, which is more likely, Pastor Carson or politically correct? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor. All right. <laughs> I remember a cousin of mine was getting, he was going through seminary back in the day and he posted this big stack of books. Uh, this picture of him on Facebook and it was like, you know, obscure book, like Daniel and prophecy mm-hmm. and all of this. And I was just thinking, man, who is this helping? Like, <laughs> you're not out there doing it. Like, yeah. it just, I was like, what a luxurious society that we have where every need is taken, where some people can just like be like, hey, want to read mythical books all day and conjure on them? Like in that moment, it just seems so funny to me. Yeah. I digress. And look at you now. Yeah, now I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. Now I saw the light. You can too, Brad, for just $29 a month. <laughs> a month? A month, yes. Am I paying you or is that a... Listen, the more you sow, the more you reap. Okay. So $29 a month and yeah. All right, Joel Osteen. <laughs> you know, I enjoy watching Joel sometimes. I'm sure you do. Like I, I like... For sales, sure I, like to watch, business model. Yeah. I like to watch Boiler Room. I like to watch Joel Osteen. Right. <laughs> I like to watch, watch Wolf of Wall Street. You love to Wall watch the, the people pounding on his door outside whenever you won't let them in. He's been letting them in. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I was about to say it's a private business, but I guess it's not. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah, he's, he certainly he's privatized for, it. He's not for profit, man. That's the biggest scam, son. Yeah. He probably has to pay taxes on like his book sales and stuff and like media rights. Maybe. Maybe. That's the crazy thing is when you can be appointed CEO of like a not-for-profit coffer where it's like, we're not-for-profit. It's like Scientology 
we're a not-for-profit entity. We're a religion. So we're yeah. tax-free. We're exempt from that. And so all of their Scientology owns more real estate than anybody. Right. You know, they have some like tens, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of uh, real estate. Well, in, yeah, in their, nice their religion is like pay to play, man. Like you got to level up, you know, and order this. And I've heard interesting things about the way that they recruit you on and that for a personality type like mine, where you're constantly trying to level up mm-hmm. and like control your mind and yeah. learn more about your mind and all of this stuff. Uh, I hear that the the initial Dianetics or whatever it's called, I could be wrong about know. that. I've heard some interesting things about the way they intro you to that, where it starts as like these mental exercises or something. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of that, dude. Yeah? Yeah. Like, just because I, I've never been more pressed for time. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I've I've gotten to that age now where I, I've, I'm scrutinizing the way I spend just every shred of time and also starting to look at it not only from the lens of like risk, exposure, reward, gain, but also, okay, what is what goal am I working towards long term that this activity is going to support? Like, mm-hmm. is this really worth it? And I've been deep into Sam Harris's meditation app and also, also just trying to think about I think I mentioned this last week, like I, I started reading his book. I started reading the new or the, not the new, but Jordan Peterson's 12 rules okay. and just realizing that a lot of the, the fantasies that I always foresaw as my future, you know, I wasn't working explicitly towards each of those goals. I just assumed that several of them would pop up and yeah. I'm getting to this point now where, you know, it's like that whole argument like do you want kids do you not want kids and there's a bunch of 30 year olds out there mm-hmm. that are like i don't know maybe maybe not like and i think that for me i need to start looking at the relationship between like my my immediate budget mm-hmm. and what my real priorities are because ah. i wouldn't carve off a dime for a kid right now you know what i mean no, I so from that perspective as a prudent anal white man i need to i need to reconcile intentions with with goals and so i've just been trying to spend more time in in actual thought and life examination which Mm. is man i feel like scary dude i feel like for years there i just i would not think about things or i would keep my mind busy with other things where i just wanted some white noise where i didn't have to think about i didn't have to examine my own life in certain ways right you know and then time passes and revisionist history happens and um so i don't know i i've been thinking about buying the the premium version of, of sam harris's app because i only use the practice rounds but i can tell that the guided meditations i think that through through his instruction which i very much love and i, I appreciate it like it really mm-hmm. has helped me you know create a sustain like i meditate at least five days a week um, I need to do better about it. Some days I meditate twice and I feel like certain days you have breakthroughs where you're like, Oh, I get what's happening here. And like what I've started to do is not, not try to think of anything. Mm-hmm. It's to notice the thought that you have. And so like, if you do something to me and I get angry at you, that's yeah. the narrative around it. But like a feeling of anger passed through my mind is a thought, mm-hmm. but thoughts are fleeting. And if that thought goes away, I'm not angry with you Mm -hmm. it's not a perpetual state 
unless you continue to recreate a thought Mm -hmm. and live that thought over and over and expound upon that thought. And that if you just recognize the thought, it's much easier to dispel it and make an objective decision about things. And I realize I've sabotaged certain things in my life. I've expelled certain things in my life by giving only the bad thoughts front row view in my mind and how destructive that can be and how much you need to really think about your goals and delay. Like you can change your responses to the world and everything that happens to you from a pleasure perspective, from a pain perspective, from your, 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 your past, your future, your goals, your, your thoughts, all of that happens in between your ears. And we never work on that piece of our equipment, you know, like we're on the bench press, but we're not proactively looking after our minds. And I really think that successful people have nailed this aspect of their lives down because I think that there's a, a significant increase in the efficacy of your time management when this yeah. is properly. Do you know anything about Calm app? Have you seen those LeBron James? Oh, Calm? Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, I used I uh used Calm for about a year. So which part? The sleeping. So wh- what is that? Um a lot of times it'll just uh it'll either be like comforting sounds like rain or something like that or just like a historical story that'll kind of lull you to sleep like just Matthew McConaughey does like a guest feature and is like his voice, like reading you to sleep. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Uh, I'm all sure. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of girls on calm that couldn't get to bed quite after that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I was out. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have trouble sleeping whenever it's just like silent. And maybe that's also part of like my thoughts getting the best of me. And I, and I, so I try to drown out, drown them out. Um, so now I just listen to podcasts, uh, whenever I go to sleep. Yeah, me too. I, if it's completely pitch silent though, I'm with you. Like, yeah, I don't like if, it. if it goes extremely silent somewhere, do you just get that kind of like ringing in your ears? Yes. What is that? I don't know, man. I was talking to Heston one time. We Silence were, is deafening. We were up in Platoro, Colorado and it was, we were like 50 miles from somebody and it was just placid and quiet and i just had this like ringing in my ears almost like vibrations and i was like what is this man he was like it's probably just your blood flowing through your vessels in your head and your ear canal and different things like that like you're probably hearing your own inner workings in a weird way and it's like vibrating out of you and i was like that's disgusting like (laughs) turn on the music (laughs) do something can we turn on the ac like i always have ac fans like like, yeah. where, I need where, white noise. Get and, the Yin Yang twins out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, the Yin Yang twins were never where we were. <laughs> I guarantee you. That's fair. Um, yeah, we were actually talking about going back up there. Yeah, uh, at some point, maybe this fall, because we've been told to submit our summer vacation time, and the main things that I know about are. I've got two bachelor parties happening over a long weekend that I got to take off for. Um, but, you know, other than that, I don't really have any vacations on the books. So, yeah. you know, now it's become evident that you can get flights and that people are back on them. And I feel like this whole news about the stock market and all that, like we had record stuff going on this week, like yeah. total bounce back. Bounce back. But also, I mean not just because of all the protests, but just, you know, also things opening back up. I believe there's been spikes in 
in COVID, like, you know, people being diagnosed with COVID. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. You got something for me? That's too bad. No, I mean, it's the first bullet point as always, COVID, oh, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you don't care. I don't, have I ever, no. you know, like, I'm sorry. Um, you know. All right. I think the bigger story there is like, who are you going to trust? The who? Like, the World Health Organization and now Dr. Fauci is like disputing them because they came out this week and they're like, all right, guys, so. If you're asymptomatic, it turns out you can't really spread it. You're fine. And uh, it turns out it doesn't really cling to surfaces like we thought it would. So, you know, it's just like a big right. walk back. And like, you know, people, meanwhile, suicides are up like, you know, 300% or something in this yeah. country. In certain counties, like certain pockets of people that got laid off. Like mm -hmm. uh, somebody was talking to a sheriff the other day and they normally get one suicide a week or a month and they're getting five a day right now. Okay. So... You know, I, I think that it's good that we're going back to work. I've been back at work. I'm already on like week four or six. Yeah. So um, I'm still among the only, uh, I'll okay. be honest. Like yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people I'm pitching, a lot of people I'm meeting with. I'm seeing the migration back now, especially my clients in Atlanta. They've been back for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, my clients in like all of rural and middle America, they're back. Um, although I have a lot of like, I talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different industries, and it's fascinating to see how this has affected them because a lot of them have adopted remote working tools, and they're in the market as a result of that. They need to create culture, maintain mm -hmm. engagement with a digital-first approach. Maybe they had like a poster board internally yeah. where like move, move your square over, your good recognition, and then we're going to provide them something much better that can scale and can also be displayed in their offices. Right. Um, all right, enough infomercial time. <laughs> the point being that, um, uh, what what was the point being? Oh, uh, then I talked to my like my banking clients, you know, that have branch like you know bank branches, and they're like, well, the ple plexiglass came in yesterday, and so we've got the dividers, and we've literally got. I had one woman that told me she has a a shift of people that will be at one location and another that will be at another location and then another in reserve because if one person on a team goes down, they have all these like regulations and right. guidelines where like they need to call in a totally separate team. Yeah. So if one guy or if one person in group one gets, I think group one is chilling and the other groups can continue working is what you're saying or mm -hmm. got it. So I think that, I mean, COVID is no, no longer interesting to me. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we got the Colonial coming back this weekend. PGA Tour Golf <laughs> tees off in Fort Worth, Texas tomorrow. Yeah. So everybody's going to be glued to Golf Channel. It's going to be incredible. Nobody's going to get to go out there, which is a shame. Uh, the worst thing that could happen, I saw this meme where it was like, this would be so 2020, and it showed Patrick Reed holding up the, the Colonial Cup. Oh, geez. Which, do you, do you know about Patrick Reed? Uh, tell me. He's just the notorious kind of like cheater. Okay. I think you know, you've a told a story about him yeah, before yeah. on here. Yeah. So golf fans will appreciate right. that. Otherwise, uh, Google it, I guess, whatever. Yeah. I, another interesting story that came out of both George Floyd and COVID. Did you hear about the CrossFit CEO? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, yeah. A lot a hot mess over there. Like, right. So he so. was. Like really, vo I just read about this today. So he was super vocal about COVID and like pandemics mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. And I think he thought that George Floyd 
was stealing the limelight or something. And he was, cause he, he referred to COVID-19 as Floyd 19 or something like that because, Oh, somebody had written something about how racism was a pandemic in and of itself. And he mm-hmm. was like trying to bring the focus back to uh, COVID. And so he said he made a pun or something. And yeah, so he says, um, he told gym owners in a private Zoom call, we're not mourning for George Floyd. I don't think me or any of my staff are. Can you tell me why I should mourn for him? Other than that, it's the white thing to do. Other than that, give me another reason. Um, yeah. And then he stepped down as CEO and on Saturday, or he says, on Saturday, I created a rift in the CrossFit community and un- unintentionally hurt many of its members. I cannot let my behavior stand in the way of HQ's or affiliates mission they are too important to jeopardize so canceled womp, womp. that's Goodbye. one yeah that's a right that's a rightful cancel well he combined covid and black lives matter and yeah like, bro he, like he, who is your demographic dude and this uh this george floyd stuff is kind of heated up so i know that we were really hat in hand somber uh kind of meek last week about everything and i yeah. think that was the proper attitude and I'll preface everything that we say on this show with he was murdered. It was wrong. We've got some more information that's come out and it's not, it's not necessarily even related, but it is some revisions. Like he was not the most peaceful man ever. No, that was my bad. I had heard that and I repeated that. I didn't know about his extensive rap sheet, armed robbery, uh, different things like that. Uh, doesn't change anything. He was yeah. still murdered. He shouldn't have been, yep. um, did you check out the autopsy? Um, so there were two different autopsies done. Yeah. One by the city and then the parents did a private one. Yeah. Um, that I think they came both, back as different. Well, they both came back with cocaine, meth. Oh, I didn't even see that. Fentanyl, uh, caffeine, maybe a little bit of MJ. I don't know. But he was, he was hmm. pretty hopped up at the moment. Um, again, that is irrelevant. Um, I'm, I'm one of the biggest proponents of like drug decriminalization and different things like that. Why are you laughing? No, here's the big news that came out that I'm going to go ahead and predict this. This is not what I'm advocating. This is what I'm predicting. Get ready for potentially one conviction in this situation, which is Chauvin. I think he'll get some version of manslaughter on up, hopefully murder too. He deserves it. However, what I've since learned is that he was the senior most police officer on that leg that day. And those mm-hmm. all three of those other boys, newbies, they were four days on the job yeah. at the time of this happening. Can you imagine you've come out of police academy? You're with the big bad Chauvin, like Chauvin will show you the ropes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go out with him. And in the police you know, system, it's, it's very much kind of a caste system in terms of if you're a cop that's been on a certain beat for 20 years, like, you know, that place like the back of your hand and this newbie might be from the burbs or fresh out of, you know, some other uh, market or something like that. And again, not arguing for the police here. I'm just saying, picture yourself because two of these men were of color too, or they were at least minorities. They were not white men by any means. Um, Four days on the job, each of them. So he had a gaggle, which, and part of this, almost led me to think more about Chauvin's motivation where he he was not going to be de- he was not going to be demand or 
talked down, de-escalated in that situation because I think that there might have been a certain level of like, I'm going to show them the ropes. I'm a tough guy. Like these newbies out here, I'm not going to let this, you know, in, I'm sure in his mind, he's like this street criminal or something. Yeah. I'm not going to let him talk me out of what I'm doing or I'm not going to budge from whatever original behavior I was showing. I'm not rationalizing what he did or anything. I'm just saying, I didn't know that these boys were four days on the job. Yeah. That I don't think that they're going to get convicted. I think that I've already seen footage from defense attorneys of theirs saying, Hey, when you check out the body cam, you know, from these guys, like leading up to this event, mm-hmm. you're going to think maybe a little bit differently about this case. And even, I feel like even in the defense attorney's case, they were like not to take away from the peaceful protests and everything that's happening right now, because again, George Floyd was murdered. Well, and on top of that, I, the protests are no longer just about George Floyd. It's about uh, the discrimination as a whole that, has been going on for years and years and years. Um, so I think George Floyd was the tipping point, but certainly not the only reason why these protests slash riots are going on. Well, this is definitely a straw that broke the camel's back. Right. And yeah. um, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's um, he, he had his uh, a funeral in Minneapolis and then they, took him down to Houston where he's originally from and Al Al Sharpton did a big, um, a big thing there. And I guess the governor Abbott met with the family and um, of course, police chief art Acevedo down in Houston. He is a total badass. Like he is so, have you seen his interview? No, I didn't. Cause he personally reached out and said, our police department wants to transport the body and like give it a, a proper like, funeral processional and all this different stuff and he had this take on policing like though he was eloquent man he is good he is really good i want to listen to it he's one of those police chiefs that's going to be he's like a chief brown type you know that they're there for a moment that Mm -hmm. you know is significant and they have that calming effect about them and a way of looking at things that kind of pacifies both sides of the crowd yeah cool so um but yeah, I, I would be a little bit more hardline. Like if you're looting today, <laughs> sure. then I mean, you've always, did you see killer Mike w- kind of walk back his, no. So, and I loved his speech. His speech was amazing, but he did make an appearance on real time with Bill Maher on HBO this weekend. Okay. And he said, I understand your anger. He said the day after you destroy the property, you got to mobilize, strategize, organize, mm-hmm. you know, but he, he said, he's like, personally, I'm a business owner. I own businesses. I own property. I own apartment complexes. Right. He's like, I've got insurance. I can't replace George Floyd. So he's like, destroy property. Mm. He, he on, on real time. And Bill even checked him on this. He's like, wait, so you, you're, you are saying that cause Bill was coming down pretty hard on it. Oh yeah. Um, and as most people are, I mean, yeah. um, most people, 95% of the country is like George Floyd was murdered. You can't shoot Robin Steele. Right. And we all just want some peace right now. Correct. Um, and now it's just erupting and all the media is, of course, inflaming everything. Like today, the the lead into the news was like America in crisis. And I was like, goodness, do you have to do that? Like, you know, yes, we mourn George Floyd like. Certain markets, especially like Minneapolis and Houston, were extra cued into that. But, you know, I, I got to think that 
95% of Americans today got up, poured their coffee, did not have hatred in their hearts, mm -hmm. were chilling. Like, things are okay. Yeah. We're not at war. Like, here's the thing. We've actually been in a civil war in this country like four people ago. And this country is just kind of like coming unseamed with all of this stuff that's occurring and all this, all the conversations that have spurned off of this debate. Like, have you heard about this whole HBO Max thing with uh, they took out Gone with the Wind? Yes, I did see that. So <laughs> where does this end? I don't know. Like, at what point do we strip uh, George Washington with the title of founder of this country? W at what point do we revoke his presidency, Jefferson's presidency, like si 15 or 20 presidents presidencies because they had triple digits worth of slaves? And yet you wrote the Constitution. Yeah. I'm asking uh, every statue is already for up for debate or already down. You know, even in Texas, they took out Robert E. Lee from the park next door years ago. Yeah. Yo, have I ever told you the story about walking past that statue? I don't think so. After the fact. So very famously here in Dallas, um, Oak Lawn, Turtle Creek area, there was a Robert E. Lee park and they had a big statue uh, right in front of Arlington Hall. And it's this beautiful kind of Esplanade lawn. They mm -hmm. have, I think Tony Romo got married there. Like it was, you know, it's the ideal setting. And there's, you know, Turtle Creek right there. And so very famously, they took out the Robert E. Lee statue and paraded it basically through the streets because they just removed it in one piece from the, the base. And then they put it on like an 18 week, like a, a flatbed behind a truck. And they strapped it down. And there was, it looked like a parade because the streets were lined to like either pay respects or see the spectacle or just stop and gander rubberneck, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm walking in that park, um, probably a good solid six months, year later. And I'm walking up to where the statue was just the, the granite base was left. And I see this good old boy. And he's in like blue jean. He's like middle class, fancy dad, like new balances, right. blue jean shorts, like polo. And so I see him approach the base of the statue and he's got flowers in his hand. And I'm like, where is this guy going? I don't see any girls around here. Mm -hmm. And so then I see him clutch the base of the statue and he kind of look, he's in solemn reflection, prayer. A moment is happening and then he leaves the flowers hmm. on the base of the statue. So I'm like, all right. So I wait. I wait for him to leave. Then I walk over and I, I go to look at the flowers. And I wanted to see if there was a note. And there was. And it was like, to all the fallen soldiers, long live the South. Like, it was kind of a, I was like, oh, my God goodness like yeah. what, what kind of son of the confederacy <laughs> that i just wander across right. and how many of those are just you know in frisco in plano in alvarado mm -hmm. in venus and you know a lot more in johnson county yeah. probably but you know nascar officially banned confederate yeah. flags today right you know something is off kilter and so that was a really weird experience that mm -hmm. like i'll always remember that however you know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have taken that statue down, 
cosmetically, I wish they hadn't. Like, you could have told me that it was anybody. I'm like, just replace the sign. You know, yeah. like, we don't know who that is. Because yeah. <laughs> it was an, like, it looked nice. Now it just looks like there's like a big base of a statue where nothing is. It looks out of place. Yeah. So I'm saying from a cosmetic perspective, but slap a, you know, a Northern Ulysses S. Grant. I could believe it was him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I didn't meet these guys, you know, right. <laughs> just change the labels. These people are stupid. So anyway, <laughs> but how long until we strip these presidents? Because HBO is stripping their catalog of, you know, Disney Plus had done the disclaimers whenever they launched their mm-hmm. streaming service, like antiquated views and Pinocchio or whatever. Right. Now HBO is like, nope. Can't watch it. They're going to take Mel Brooks's films out immediately. Like, you know, what what are we going to do with the history books? Um, you know, like you were saying earlier, revisionist history. Like, I I think it is important to not have like a complete erasure of a lot of these things that happen. Um, at the same time, I think you can explain and teach and show without celebrating or like propping it up um as far as gone with the wind i watched that movie in eighth grade i know it's a classic i don't even remember what like obviously it was set back then but i don't even remember like why do you know the scene or why it got canceled i don't okay i don't know if it said the wrong what it was made in a time where you could say the wrong types of words um and depict the wrong types of things uh, I don't know. Personally, I always think that uh, films, art is, is like a reflection of the time in a certain way. And so it's like, it's, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't think you can gloss over history and just act like it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying promote it. And I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that drowning out certain things leads to the, the eradication of it. Sometimes I, I think that leads to a fringe sector. Um, That's fair. It, the whole thing is hard because well, even as white people, you're not allowed to have any American culture. You know, like if you yeah. were raised, I never thought of myself as of English descent, of German descent, of whatever mutt mm-hmm. mix European I am. <laughs> uh, I just thought of myself as, I thought of myself really as a Texan first. <laughs> you know, the American is like, okay, I'm right. American, but you know, you're a Texan. No, I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I took strength from that identity and, you know, were I to ever procreate with a white Texan woman or something like that, I would be, you know, perpetuating that culture. Like, do you see my point? Like the, mm-hmm. I, that there's a no racist undertone with that. It's like, I think yeah, people are I, like, they don't, I totally agree. And it's okay to be proud of your background. I, th- I think they're more, you know, it's like, racism has been going on and there was still even like divisions and separations even after certain laws were passed. And just because those laws were passed doesn't mean like our great grandfather's uh, mindset was changed or our grandfather's like, so things have been set in place, but it still feels like to them that, uh, that people didn't do it like wholeheartedly. And I don't know. Um, I, I'm with you as far as like, well, if we have to cancel that, then we're getting rid of like tons of different movies for various different reasons, like not even regarding racism, but like the ways in which women were treated or um, 
you know what i don't know just, women have only been allowed to vote for a hundred years in this country so yeah. this is this is a ridiculous conversation like i thought the whole thing about ending racism was like looking to the future how are you treating people right now like at this moment right now like starting right now it's a new moment you know mm -hmm. like everything that but, happened in the but past people are feeling right now race like racism toward them yeah, yeah, that's the that's the biggest issue. Right, racism happening present, racism happening happening I mean, presently, presently. Yeah. or racist tendencies propped up for the future. Mm -hmm. Those are the biggest things. Why are we going back to edit a film from right. like nineteen oh six or something? Yep. You know, nineteen thirty. I'm with you on that. That's I don't understand that. Well, who does that help? There are more pressing uh, things at hand. I'm <laughs> gonna. Moment. So uh, we can never watch like a, a Pharaoh movie again or something like uh, Jews were enslaved as well. Like, you know, uh, this is I, I'm just a little I've, I've talked to several white friends like this last week. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, one of them had shared with me, like, I don't know what to even put on Twitter, honestly, yeah. because, you know, and I just I put my, you know, zip it up over your mouth because it was like, what are we can't really say any, like, yeah, well, it's difficult <laughs> for me. The hardest part has been like, I was vocal about it in the beginning and now I've just chosen to kind of sit back and listen and like, just kind of have my own personal growth without, you know, retweeting every single thing that I see or, or going on a rant or, you know, I did my one post on Instagram and that was more of just like, so my close friends know that I'm with them. I didn't expect it to, you know, help a whole movement or anything like that. Um, I, for me now, I see people, you know, getting bashed for even wanting to learn. It's like, oh, they're using the wrong hashtag or, um, or, you know, people are saying it's not my job to teach you. Like you should learn, like go read a book or something. And, um, I understand that certain people are fed up, especially if, you know, uh, you're in the black community and you, you've been feeling all this towards you. It, maybe it shouldn't be your job to teach every single person around you. Um, why things are wrong and maybe we should have noted taken note beforehand maybe we should read a book but i will say it is difficult seeing people who are actually trying to grow and learn from it and being turned away so that's that's been tough um i don't know i feel like there was another thing that i was going to say oh uh also just like you and i have talked several episodes just about cancel culture and it's like well do you want people to grow and learn or are they just canceled and they can never come back from their mistakes? Like, I understand if somebody was making mistakes 10 years ago and they're still making those same mistakes today, there hasn't been any growth. But, like, you can't, it's not fair to be on the fence about it. Like, if you're going to hate someone, uh, hate on them for, you know, their, their past, then by all means go for it, but also don't expect them to grow and learn whenever you don't give them the opportunity to. Um, so that's been something that has been on my mind and I've really been like refraining from, you know, going on a long Twitter rant and, um, stuff like do that, it, man, <laughs> do it, do it for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'll have to type out something and make it eloquent and then also think of ways that people are going to come at me that I can combat it because I like that. I mean, that's just how I kind of feel on the subject. Um, the, and I, the worst apologies now 
are the ones that link to Instagram and it's like their notepad with 10 yes. different screens that you it's have like, to slide through. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so your publicist like wrote this out for you. <laughs> like I saw one of them, it was some music artist, maybe like Justin, I think it was Justin Bieber. And it's like, you can tell it was like his publicist that like sent the message to him. And it's like, he took the screenshot of that text and posted <laughs> it on Instagram. He's like, dope. Thanks, Sheila. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dude. That's so um, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've just, th- I've, there's a lot of wrong in a lot of areas from a lot of different types of people. Yeah. But most of it, you know, and there's a lot of good. We're all capable of doing good and bad things. Like, yeah. it's, you know, are good people bad sometimes or bad people good sometimes? Like, you know, I think that some of these situations are just exacerbated by just real-time reactions and decisions. And there, there's not always, I don't think that a great majority of this country actually has any inkling of hatred, especially towards different groups of people simply based on their skin color or, you know, different upbringing or background or whatever. Um, so at the same time, I've not, I have not tweeted in support of Black Lives Matter. I do support Black Lives Matter. I've used mm-hmm. the hashtag. I've talked about that on the show. Um, I did not do Blackout Tuesday. I've also not tweeted anything about the police mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I haven't stuck up. Like I showed up. I supported Black Lives Matter. I support your right to peaceful protesting. I showed up to help, you know, clean up the mess of the yeah. riots. And I've commented on it in the show, but to do anything else to me would feel disingenuous to who I am and who I know. Here's the the litmus test. Like if, if your black friends were to read something that you posted, would they just be like, man, this exactly. guy's getting yeah. on the train. I totally agree What a follower. I, I just was like, I can't post this blackout stuff because a, it just seems so conformist at, at this mm-hmm. point. Cause I wake up and like every single square is that way. And then some people took the initiative to actually put some text on their black square and say, actually, we want to take this opportunity to say these things. Some of my black friends did. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. Right. And I appreciated it if you posted a black square. You know, right. I didn't really like any of them because I'm just like, I don't know. Sure. I'm, I don't like much stuff on like, Instagram. Yeah. But- and what and what's sh- like, are you just doing it because everybody's. Doing oh, I would look like such like- a follower. Sheet. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I, I, it, I posted the black square, powerful. but. We also did a whole like two podcast episodes on it, so I didn't feel like I needed to write a whole lengthy thing. Um, I've also, I mean, I feel just in my personal life, like nobody really questioned me posting something like that. No, no, I feel no. like it wasn't like out of the norm or anything. But I totally agree with like if you're feeling disingenuous about it, like you don't need to post it. Just take this time to learn and and. Uh, is anybody listening to this show that needs to learn? Like, what do they need this to show? learn? Hey, don't hate black people. <laughs> don't murder them. Like, what do we need to learn here? This is just, this is table stakes information. I think it's more like, not like, Who do oh, we need racism to tell? is bad. I think it's more of, hey, you need to be aware that there are these, even if you feel like you're not full out racist, there's like these microaggressions that go on. Maybe you would just like slightly respond differently to somebody else. And, you know, that just continues building. Like, I think it's more of something that we'd really need to look at, like under a microscope rather than just this whole huge, oh, there's tons of racist people. No, 100 percent. The micro stuff, I totally agree yeah, with yeah, because yeah. So uh, that, that's a what, lot of that is just if you were not 
if you were not raised in a mixed community, like a very mixed community and constant exposure, like people, people are different, you know, like, um, I, I, the whole, you know, you do, who do you cross the street for, you know, a Mm -hmm. white man or a black man, you know, those whole, uh, you know, there are many white men that I would cross the street for over the black man, because again, I feel like this is a class issue as well. It's like, well, if, Mm -hmm. if the white man is a junkie in boots, a speedo and a (laughs) snorkel mask, and he's coming down from something and the black man is in a suit and he's walking up to a Mercedes or, you know, I'm using the most egregious examples here, but so it could be like more classism than racism or, uh, I think a lot of things are classes. Sure, sure, sure. You know, like, and I, I would. Who would you rather have at your dinner party, Barack or Tiger King? You know, maybe Tiger <laughs> King. Well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> not right. the best example. Not, to your library, not your yeah. party. Yeah, there You're you gonna go. invite yeah. Barack. Yeah. You know, now if Michelle's coming, she beats Tiger King uh-huh. hands down. Oh, for sure. Two of Michelle's them. Michelle's a hoot. I think Tiger King. He'd be like, I brought the meth. <laughs> right. Yeah, something's gonna go wild. Like that's a memorable party. You'll end up married to him as a straight oh, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and four teeth (laughs) yeah yeah no i would actually like really agree with you as far as the whole classism thing uh oh totally i really and i think that with the police especially Mm -hmm. man they pull over so many white people with a busted out taillight if they have a bunch of mcdonald's bags in the back window seal and you know there's a bunch of ash on the floor and you know they're gonna find drugs in four different spots on that car it's a sure bust and they're when you give a man a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you create a position, my position is get deals across the finish line, create frameworks and strategies and repeatable processes baked into software that you can hire against and scale a team to go get annual recurring revenue bookings. Yeah. So it's a game for me. It's cat and mouse. I'm I'm strategizing. I'm plotting every morning, every day, every night on who, who do I need to send this tidbit of information mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, politically you know interpersonally tip the scales for everybody to get a win-win here yeah you know like it's it's a whole cat and mouse thing it's a i'm a blunt force instrument in many ways and the cops are too it's like Mm -hmm. hey go find the bad people go find the people that are doing bad things and bring them back here (laughs) so it's like all right i'm gonna go find some bad people because if i don't bring anybody in that day do i feel like well I guess I protected and served today. Like you don't, I don't feel productive if I didn't close a deal that day. Right. So but if the, you're a cop, the, I mean, the main issue comes whenever it's like, you know, maybe there were no bad people in your area that that day. So hopefully you don't try to force it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I you're you're in this fraternity of people that hopefully are peaceful and, but they're also the thing that we have to grope with is that they do make split last second split minute decisions that yeah often it's a gun being pulled on a cop like i've seen many instances of i mean police are f- shot at like you know mm-hmm. cops die and cops are executed you know often in retaliation type tactics and shootouts and you know you take your life into your hands and you know what do you think about this whole i don't know if i i want to think that i don't know everything about this and that i can't surmise everything about this movement just from the title or the hashtag but if I can, it's the most ludicrous thing I've heard of. Defund the police. What um, is this? I think it's more of like, hey, let's get this whole police system. So, like the system needs to be changed. 
I, I think that's I think they're wanting to start from the ground floor. Like this whole thing needs to be remodeled. Didn't they disband the Minneapolis yes. police force or something like that? Yeah. So so what? <laughs> I, I what I haven't done a whole what, lot of in, if you're in Minneapolis and you call nine one one, what happens? I don't know, man. They're just like and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> it's just like the recording. Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah. Please hold. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, for the Star Spangled Banner in Espanol, press two. <laughs> no one's coming to help you. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think a lot more change has occurred due to these protests. Did you see that everything. girl on uh, CNN that was like, uh, I think it was Camerata, my wife, Allison Camerata. <laughs> she was asking her, um, she was like, so with defund the police and like this little movement that you got going on here, she's like, so if your house is being robbed and you're being beaten up or something and you can't call the police and the woman was like well the fact that you think that you can just call somebody is a symbol of your white privilege and well she, like, no what? she she went on to say like you know that policeman's probably gonna show up an hour late and then shoot me anyway is i think that's how i think that's like kind of the gist of like the end of that quote well what a, so she's for disbanding police departments and she thinks that so because he's responding to a white person it's white privilege but because he's responding to a black person well that woman was white too by the way oh then then i watched a different interview well i I watched a black lady saying like well yeah we're going to defund the police because whenever we call them they end up shooting the wrong person anyway that happens brianna taylor right you know she was she was dating somebody that they were serving which really like those they need to be charged and in my opinion, um, I don't know enough about that one to comment on it. Yeah, I do know that uh, civilians and cops are collateral damage in um, in it, the hard part is like as Americans, we have the right to bear arms and you have the right to firearms in your home and all this different stuff. But in the uh, Tatiana Jefferson case out in Fort Worth where, you know, he's creeping around her house and she has a gun inside the house and mm-hmm. he shoots her from the outside of the home. That was one of the most egregious things I've ever seen. Right. And I don't feel like they ever had follow up on that like no. they should. I need to check up on that case. But the point being that um, those are two different situations. Sure. So this woman was saying that the fact that Allison was saying, well, got it, if got I'm it. being white privilege. And so Donald Trump Jr. had basically posted. He posts the best in- Instagram memes. Sometimes they're very insensitive. But like he uh, never mind. I won't share that one. But okay. he had this one where. Um, uh shoot what were we just saying white privilege um oh yeah it was like hello 911 yes i'm being i'm being raped and beaten and robbed and it was like um oh well i I can't remember if it was like did you post a black square on tuesday or like (laughs) it was like this series of different things and i i don't understand where we're at right now where you know we as americans and i think that this i'd I'd like for this they're just calling for like a reformation of of the police force. I I also think that undocumented people in this country should have basic access to healthcare and all these different, they should be able to shop and do whatever they want. But also, you know, for most policing matters, I'm totally cool with, you know, just treat them as citizens. And, 
try to drive higher call rates from the undocumented community Mm. um, and to protect them because typically they're our neighbors. They live down the street. They might've, you know, dug your garden or served you food or whatever the case may be. They're a pretty integral part of the society, Mm -hmm. typically really good people. Yeah. So I think that if we could drive more police presence and like rapport, even with the undocumented community as well, that would be a positive thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying that the, the right to be able to call 911 and expect that the government would send somebody if your ass is getting beaten somewhere yeah. should extend to basically everybody in the borders at the moment. Right. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, I'm not for disbanding the police. I'm for, you know, tactics and reforms, you know, to be looked at, um, you know, procedures and I've already seen like different departments like outlawing chokeholds. And it's funny how like all this stuff gets outlawed like way out. Like they just passed like the anti lynching bill like a week ago. Like, right. But that's, that's another reason why, pe- that's another today. reason why people are saying like these protests, like, and I know you're on the side of protests and maybe not the rioting, but some of the rioters are like, you know, this wasn't happening whenever just peaceful protests were going on. Like a lot of these laws were not being passed. And, um, and I, I almost want to abstain from even going with your comment. Like you're on the side of like, I support okay, your right to fair. peaceful that's protest. Fair. I support um, the police showing up. If I call them mm-hmm. as a civil servant that we pay, my tax dollars go to that. I appreciate what they do most of the time. Yeah. I think that there are definitely some, some short man syndrome going on when you strap a gun on and you have power over other people. Yeah. That's very, I, I really do think that, only the elite should have guns and like, really, let's get walkie talkies and bobby sticks out there, baby. <laughs> Beat the pavement, you know, monitor, call in the big boys who actually know how to use that piece. But if you're four days on the job and you don't know enough to know that this man is asphyxiating himself on the pavement, you know, why do you have a gun? Right. Why do you have all this stuff? Yeah. Why are we sending police forces out to peaceful protests? I support your right to peaceful protests. I support your right to police. Don't murder people. Like, don't be racist. Microaggressions and these things exist. Um, it, it gets, it's got to be overwhelming at the moment. If you're black, it's, it's, I, I don't think you can, I guess you can't say it's overwhelming if you're white too, because just the backlash against, especially us, like we are straight white men and it's, it's weird. Like I'll, I'll be honest with the audience that sometimes when I talk to my straight white male friends, you know, we really feel like we have to just like, go out to the golf course or on a camping trip to kind of like, you know, push each other around and just, you know, goof on each other, like not yeah. do anything racist or terrible, but just be guys together and just be ourselves. Like, you know, we don't, I feel like many white people do not feel many level headed white people do not feel as though they have the uh, social capital to comment on much of anything online at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that their, their peers that comment, too favorably in support of anything it's almost like oh what's going on here (laughs) you know right yeah and which is like i don't want people to be able to call that into question about me yeah i think i don't know i know that i have a lot a lot of black friends that will not cancel me or hate on me if i say something wrong that they will take the time to educate me and i wish that for anyone because i think it's important that you know we're able to talk about uh stuff and maybe some of our insecurities or the or our thoughts and different things like that and even though it may differ from 
somebody else, especially a person of color, whether, you know, it's a black or any other type of race. Um, I, I think we should be able to be open because you can't really learn and, and gain other people's perspectives without having a back and forth discussion. Um, I think a lot of people lack that. I, I, I think maybe they either just have friends from one race or they don't care to, uh, you know, talk to other people or find out or, or they are just scared. Um, but man, it it would be awesome if people could just, you know, talk about it more without the fear of being canceled and that like, Hey, we may still not, uh, agree on this thing, but I still agree that, um, you know, bad things are happening to you and, uh, you know, I want to support you, but I may land differently where you do on police or certain laws, uh, or the riots or different things like that, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We, we should be able to like debate this, discuss this and, yeah. you know, without fear of, I don't know, it's difficult because some people splice and dice audio and ruin right. you. And I know that there's things that we've said that if they isolated it on a show, I could be ruined forever, but we're not that big of a platform yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's almost uh, something that makes you not want to be that big. Cause yeah. I mean, even on a smaller scale, that's why I'm, I'm like, uh, how much are we going to talk about swallowing my master's classes? Um, uh, totally different and less important subject, but just the fact that, you know, somebody from there can hear it and be offended. And, you know, I'm I hope my they degree. are, I hope they get better. <laughs> I hope they get better at what they say they do for a job. And that's fair. You know, innovate. All I'm saying is... Man, these educators that are just like, well, we're going to teach the same. I've been teaching this book for 52 years. I'll tell you, Macbeth has never changed and neither have I. Okay? And they're like, well, I'm going to teach the same antiquated stuff via Zoom now because I'm innovative. No, you're not, Shirley. Like, innovate. Be like young B-Rad here. Go on technology trip. Right. You know, you're, you're baking AI and, you know, virtual Let's reality VR and, going. Yeah. You're doing all this stuff in the classroom. You're, you're the future. Um, whatever, man. Anyway, I didn't mean to get back on that, but, um, yeah, I mean, just, it goes, it just goes back to my statement that people should be allowed to learn and grow. Obviously there are exceptions, but I think the overall, it, as long as somebody is trying to learn and grow and educate themselves and they are a good natured person um, and they haven't done <laughs> like a, well, an irredeemable act, um, right. then you got to you got to allow that space. I wish that we had like a you know, how they had the covid deaths and cases and all of this like, oh, it's one hundred and six now. Right. Six thousand. We need to have the same ticker mark for racist cases versus hey i went out with a mixed crew of friends and guess what nothing happened like we had a nice night out like the fact that she's asian he's black i'm white and they're gay trans whatever is going on over there you know didn't come up Mm -hmm. because we already knew each other that well like this many days since an accident you know where most a lot of racism that occurs today or perceived racism, I'll say, not overt racism, perceived mm-hmm. racism, totally due to lack of education, exposure, a lot of different things. You know, there's often certain things that could be perceived, you know, as as racist, could be racist, but they're often just ignorant more than anything. You know, yep. it's um, you're not if you've not been able to travel and encounter 
you know, other white people that seem way more foreign than any black person you've ever seen because they're speaking a different language or even the same language differently. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of different pockets of us. And I think that we're so niched in terms of the media we consume and the communities and groups that we support that I'm just so sick of like, I feel like we're playing this political ideological skin trans game. It's like Rachel Dolezal mixed with the trans movement all at once. Everyone's coming down on this black girl named Candace Owens who is a total Trump apologist, conservative, you know, they're calling her like an aunt Tom type person. And it's like, okay, we are ideologically grouped together as well. You know, there are many black people that I align with politically much closer than white people. Mm -hmm. Right. So why can she not have a viewpoint and be black and people not call her, a traitor like what what is all of that going on and i'm not advocating for any of her viewpoints by any means i'm saying why can't a young black woman be into what she's into um i think f- from i i don't pay much attention to her just because some of the things that i've seen her tweet seemed outlandish so i i just kind of pay her no mind but i i think it's due to the lack of like her even attempting to hear the other side um so you know she yeah she is a trump apologist but like you know it goes back to it needing to be a two-sided conversation not a one-sided and so she just gets on her platform says all this stuff and like doubles down on it without She's sensational like yeah that I, they have to be like uh, sure. hillary sure hillary but Galsujo you, from the podcast uh-huh. a while back she had tweeted like what is it about Candace Owens that looked at Tommy Lauren and said, I can do this brand. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I'm sure that Hillary despises both of those characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two young women are just hustlers. I think they're just entrepreneurs and they found a thought vein that, and I think that there are, um, there are black spokespeople Mm -hmm. uh, for the far right or for, you know, conservative outlets that uh, it's an advantage. Yeah. And there's no way that they're ignorant to the fact of, of that. No, 100%. And, and so whenever you're like, oh, why do they receive all this backlash? Like, they know why they're receiving that backlash. And it's because you know, they are doubling down on it for the, the audience that they're pandering to. I've always told, and this might be wrong, but I've always told like my female, like as uh, female friends that are aspiring or that are really, you know, ambitious, um, you know, that are hardworking, like, I'm like, hey, you know, keep this up because everybody wants to promote you you know like Mm -hmm. everybody wants you on the board you have a like get to the top if that's what you're trying to do because um when you when you find capable people no matter what they look like when they happen to fulfill a diversity quota as well Mm -hmm. it it, it's become like formulaic manipulate like you can almost joke about this in some of the hr spaces it feels like because it's like Oh, we just found this amazing developer. She knows mm-hmm. blah 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 the exact language. She has experience doing this. She did it for our biggest competitor, and she's Asian. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that was one of the points that even Candace Owens was tweeting about mm-hmm. a while back. Like she was saying, "Hey, if we're trying to hate on the people that are at the top of the heap, why aren't we hating on Asian Americans? Because <laughs> they outrank whites in every category." Mm. Which is something low key. I've always been like, "Why?" I love how. You know, they're just oh Amber Alert. Amber Alert. I've been getting a lot of these, man. Dodge Neon Sedan, Mathis, Texas. 
all of you listeners in Mathis. I've never right, heard we're of gonna these places. pause this podcast and go hunt this guy down. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Amber alert. You remember Amber? I think I was yeah, uh, Amber like uh, no. five when that happened. Five or eight. Yeah. When the original the first girl ever got kidnapped and they right. named an alert after her. Nobody had ever been kidnapped up until that point. Can you believe that? You're an idiot. I'm just saying <laughs> no stepfather had okay. ever taken his child under the guise of night to Canada to be turned away at the border. I think most kids are stolen away from like split, split arrangements or mm. it's usually a parent or somebody like that. Did you hear about live PD? Nope. So I, I haven't read all into this, but there was a maybe an unarmed black man in Austin that was killed or mm -hmm. shot and it was on live PD. And I think they like got rid of some of the footage or oh. didn't divulge all of it. Or I'm worried that live PD is going to get canceled. I saw that cops got canceled this week. Yeah, It's not going to be on after like 20 years or something, um, which in the moment. Just with my scroll, it was like Black Lives Matter, Black Lives yeah. Matter, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, cops Samuel canceled. Jackson, cops canceled. And it was, I just burst out laughing. I was yeah. like, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen, but I think the Live PD has actually either. done a lot of, I think Live PD is fascinating. And it's actually shown me a lot about the good cops, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of people that, Plus, you just they walk into all of these situations with no information whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. You ready to stop talking about cops and robbers and? Sure, man. What else you got? I don't know. Did I mention I'm a pastor? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Will you turn with me in the, the text to uh, two Galatians? <laughs> <laughs> two. Yeah. Okay. Two Corinths. <laughs> two Corinths. <laughs> Let me look at my list here. Um, my mother celebrated her 21st birthday. She's in the mountains. She actually, I was calling call her to get dinner on the books and she's like, oh, we're going to the mountains and they invited me to go, but they've been in Red River. Yeah. I saw, next I to saw some place. Instagram pics and you know, they look lovely as ever. Yeah. Hope you had a great birthday. Mama Gibbons. I, I messaged her. So she already, I already wished her one, but just for the sake of the pod, we hope, uh, you had a wonderful day. Yeah, I was glad to see that Grizz got her shout out on mm -hmm. last week's episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been good to see friends yeah. still listen to us for whatever reason. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I saw I saw Buffin abroad this past weekend. Wait, how? He flew into town to visit his parents real quick, and and we met up, and I got to say hey, and um, just kind of caught up for a little bit, and he kind of let me know how, uh, you know. Working over in the medical field over there has been going, and because if you recall, I had gone and driven to him as the whole COVID thing like first broke out. Yeah, and so uh, we were kind of just catching up of, about the aftermath of it all after I had driven from his place uh, to get back home. So that was it was fun. It was good seeing him. Remember that it was like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I posted this tweet this week, and it was like, uh, and all these calls I'm on. People talk about year over year, you know, quarterly goals and people are just saying, oh, you remember back in like March? <laughs> like, and Dude. it's like, oh, I think so. Yeah. There is this <laughs> the like longest weird year time between like post Kobe and 
Oh my pre- goodness. Pre COVID. Goodness gracious. Do you remember when Kobe was the worst thing yeah, in the world? Dude. Australian fires, man. Uh, That's I would, how we started the year. And so thought, go back to a continent burning rather than our <laughs> continent burning. <laughs> Ours is on fire. Yeah. There's a bunch of broken windows and hurt feelings and shattered lives and people that feel like they can't weigh in or comment. Yeah, man. At least in Australia, everyone was unified and it was like a natural disaster. It's just like, save the koalas. Uh, truly. <laughs> we need more hoses. <laughs> R.I.P. Steve Irwin. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I saw people posting this week, like, uh, the thing that has been interesting about this, this, this Black Lives Matter, this peaceful protest is that the corporate, uh, the corporations getting into the fray mm-hmm. and like, I got, I mean, I had the most obscure API companies of all time this week. Like here at blah, 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 we're committed to X, Y, and Z. And yeah, man, I saw, like, I saw Whataburger post today. I saw so many corporations and then I saw other people saying, you like, yeah, pulled up your board of directors. What's up, William? What's up, Chet? <laughs> What's up, Joe? <laughs> Howard and Patrick and Wyatt. Tanner, Wyatt, <laughs> Scott, yeah. Rick. And uh, so in big news, uh, you see Alexia Shanahan step down the board of Reddit. Uh, I, that one passed by me. I did not see that. Yeah. So Reddit, you're familiar with the brand. Yes. That's a, that's a YC company, actually. Okay. So um, I've been in the same room as him. Like we've, he actually, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> but Ben, he walked into YC Demo Day with Joe Montana. Oh wow, <laughs> which was crazy. But he's one of the most notorious YC founders for because he ended up founding a a company whose valuation is in excess of three mm-hmm. or five billion dollars. Uh, last time I checked, and um, has been formative in this. You know culture internet culture and this generation of people yeah and uh, so he he's married to serena williams okay they have a child together I know that. yeah and uh he was in an ad with her recently actually and he's got a lot of investments he he's a partner at initialized capital with gary tan and um oh i set this up nicely this is going to go into my next story too there we go so Anyway, cool, cool guy, and he ended up making a public statement like, "Hey, it's great that we're bl- doing Blackout Tuesday and that we're doing all this stuff, but we need to have better equal representation with you know major cap companies and all this stuff." I'm stepping down from the board of Reddit, and he made way for other voices to come in. And congrats to actually my YC uh, CEO at the time, Michael Seibel, the guy who I li- he literally I had dinner with Michael. And he proctored pretty much everything I did at YC all of winter 19. Uh, so January through April of last year, he's now on the board of Reddit. Legit. Um, so Michael and his co-founders way back in the day, they founded Justin TV, which is now Twitch yes. and sold to Amazon. So he's a really awesome guy. Uh, I have a picture with him um, at the bar the last night that we were all in Mountain View together. And it was just like, the last three days of that batch, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody just let their hair down. They were so excited and just thrilled to be done with it. Yeah. Um, and nobody had like been partying up until that point, really. Um, so it was just a great, memorable experience. But shout out to him because he's the new board member over at Reddit. And Very shout cool. out to Alexi for, you know, taking a stand like that. Like, I really do think that true equality will not come about until more economic um, equality is had. Sure. Um, it, it's through empowerment comes with, you know, money, 
And so the the fewer losers in any country that you can create, as Joe Rogan would say, the better off you're going to be as mm-hmm. a whole. And we should all lift each other up. But I thought that was an interesting thing. So I mentioned him and Gary Tan with Initialized Capital. They're an early stage seed fund that writes checks for you know different amounts. I think they like to invest in YC companies like early stage and do their seed rounds. And they had led a a crowd fundraising effort for Hacker Noon, mm-hmm. which is uh, an investment that I have actually. Uh, Hacker Noon was a, a great client of mine back at my old startup, and had a personal relationship with the editor-in-chief and founder team, husband and wife, and their initial team. We spent time with them out in San Francisco. Shout out to David and Lynn. They're truly incredible people. Um, Just really awesome what they're doing for readers and writers on the internet. Um, I was a a big author in their um, publication for for many months. Um, You know, I, I think that they garnered me somewhere in the neighborhood of like, you know, six figures in reads. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- which is really crazy when people spend time with your content like that, but they actually, uh, initialized capital Alexi, they led the largest investment in that crowdfunding raise with, I think it was, you know, a six figure investment. I put yeah. in a little bit because I had access to it. So it was funny whenever they sent out their email blast to the whole community, which was millions you know, I was one of the first investors listed like right underneath Alexi. And all. so I took a screenshot of that because I'm like, this will never happen again. It was just a token fluke that I was kind of up there because I didn't share the same um, investment check amount. (laughs) But uh, anyway, Hacker Noon today announced that they uh, raised a million dollars in an up round. So they they sold some shares um, that they, they sold at a higher premium than, you know, our round. And it represents a whole new, you know, situation for the company, a whole new journey and future. And so I uh, had quote tweeted them today, just shouting out the founders and Lynn had actually retweeted it. So shout out to them because nice. they're just the nicest people. Um, they, they live in Colorado and then they'll go stay in San Francisco for a month or two with the core team. Then they'll go back to Colorado and um, yeah, they're just amazing people. So one of my, it's my first investment that has gone on to, you know, further subsequent, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's investment great. raises. So that's really exciting. Congrats. Yeah. So that was a connection that I had to Alexi. Got it. That's the only connection. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, otherwise more. he doesn't call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. What else you got, man? Um, it's kind of all I have. Uh, it was uh, enjoyable talking with uh, longtime listener Heston Williams this week, along with John Seals and and you. Yeah, us, us all being in the same uh, little talking space. Yeah, yeah. So I I demoed a new product that my my startup my company has launched. Um, we, we have our recognition platform, and uh, we have a new way to socialize virtually online that very much mimics real life and allows for you know, multiple conversations to occur in the same general meeting space with music pumped in and all sorts of really awesome kind of features and and really just building togetherness technology and trying to create, initiate and create and strengthen deeper relationships um, between groups, you know, workplace, family, friends. And so I invited a bunch of buddies, uh, shout out Jeff Dunn, Scott Cross, B-Rad, John, Michael Denny, 
um everybody that made it yeah. um was that everybody i feel like i just left somebody heston williams right we all had a great little uh reunion on yeah. this new tool so if you're in the space or your team is working remotely um definitely give me a call yeah because we've so. got some new t- togetherness technology that's patent pending and i'm not gonna lie it was awesome it's pretty cool yeah um, to downplay it it was really awesome but it, it was good to see all them too because it's better than a zoom call because you kind of yeah. mill around and interact and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you can go yeah well but i hadn't you, to... you guys need to check it out to yeah to... no it's it's awesome we're not i feel like i'm just partying with people at work all day now yeah like i've just got like the beats background <laughs> on and like the celebration background yeah. and i'm just like yeah welcome to the party and honestly <laughs> i get to pe- watch people kind of crap their pants all day because I just see people come in and then they zoom around and they're like, this is crazy. This little girl this week, she like was just going left and right. And we heard her like as she was fading in and out. (laughs) And she just goes, she was like, this is just like real life. (laughs) It was so funny. That's cool. (laughs) But no, it's been an honor to be on that team. We've been in a a serious grind mode, but I think it's paying off. And um, I've never felt people snatch a product out of my hand like this in my entire sales career um you know selling products and services Mm -hmm. so that that's dope (laughs) i think everybody wants to be in that situation so um i'm thankful for a team and visionary and just scenario that Mm -hmm. led to um fire product getting put on my desk that you know i get to watch people react like i'm so spoiled you know like i don't i'm not a knowledge expert i don't create stuff like I get to liaise it and I don't know, sometimes we get out of team meetings and I go back into my pod and, you know, realize like, man, my job is like just perfect for me in mm-hmm. so many ways, like for my personality type. And, um, I've always enjoyed being able to go back to the, I've always been the layer of account service, uh, you know, new business strategy that's between a client and a creative team of sorts, whether it's, you know, conceptual creatives, um, you know, designers and developers, infrastructure people, and to be able to be that glue in between on an early stage team is like the privilege of a lifetime, man. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I'm really happy for you and I'm excited to see, uh, this aspect of, uh, appreciate I'm, I'm excited to see the success of it because, I definitely think uh, you guys got something good. Well, we got a good mission. We got good leadership. And um, I don't think you're going to go wrong trying to build stronger relationships as a public benefit corporation. Yeah. And, you know, just a lot of respect for my colleagues and what we're doing over there and lucky to be a part of it. And it's just, I think that's a, a big inspiration piece for the other leveling up items that I'm doing in my life and yeah. trying to look at sleep, look at health. Like, dude, I cooked my own dinner last night. Get out. Like I went to the grocery store and I got meat and potatoes and eggs. And like, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> nice. And then I made myself dinner. Hey, pound it at home. Well done. Like meat, starch, protein, eggs. Yeah, like, sustenance. I literally, yeah. And I was like, this stuff is so easy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they, I, I kind of felt, I was like, why have I been paying like yeah. this much for dinner when I can just go and get it for like $5 at the grocery store? The convenience of it. And there was just an empowerment level to it. Like yeah. I'm going to, 
I, I think I'm going to be a little bit more carnivorish. Like I'm really higher protein, eliminate carbs, um, get some veggies in there. But I have my like my twenty gram uh, twenty gram protein uh, builder bar mm-hmm. at two, and then I'll try to get meat, potatoes, maybe an egg mm-hmm. for for dinner nice. with water, and turn the lights out an hour before bed. And try to digest like, and woke Good up this move. morning like I feel like I've shed that quarantine belly a little bit. Like nice. my chin has come back some. Um, I sweated like. I almost died on the golf course this weekend because I ended up teeing off. I called over there. I was like, hey, you got any spots for a single today? And they go, hey, Carson. <laughs> I was like, hey, man. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, I got you at 12-12. And I'm like, great. So I show up and like an idiot. I'm feeling a little breeze as I'm walking up to the yeah. clubhouse. I'm like, I'll walk. So I asked oh, for a no. push cart. And I golf from 12-12 to 4-12 in 98-degree heat yeah. with a 106 heat index and burn the crap out of myself sweat a gallon but then i woke up the next day and like stomach was gone <laughs> so sweat it all out baby i'm going back for more this weekend but i'm doing it shout out to my buddy scott he he's the one that i normally golf my money games with but mm-hmm. he tore his rotator cuff going after a pro v1 in a creek the other day yeah <laughs> so he ended up gifting me some passes he gave me some all-inclusive passes to cowboys oh. golf club wow nice golf course uh and it's all you can eat and you get to golf so you get like gps cart 18 holes you get unlimited snacks and non-alcoholic beverages from the beer cart girl and you get to have breakfast lunch or dinner in the clubhouse mm-hmm. um totally comp so he sends these to me they've got an expiration date of monday Ooh. so sunday yeah, at you're two gone. <laughs> My buddy uh, David Richardson and I are going to go out. He's played this course before, and uh-huh. he just keeps telling me. He's like, beside the Broadmoor, like you've never played a course like this nice. Very cool. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of match play out there, catch up with him. I haven't gotten to see him in, since the last time we played golf Yeah, as it goes. I'll be looking forward to hearing uh, how that goes. I know you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, if, if you end up losing. <laughs> I mean, that's what typically happens. Like David... David is probably more naturally athletically gifted than me. He played uh, tennis in college. Yeah, and I'll say I care more about like hearing your personal stories than I do like the the actual sport itself. So, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy your stories. The, the mantras and what the sport can teach you is so applicable to life and to being well rounded in your approach to whatever you're trying to be the best in the world at. Sure, I'm not. I don't think that I'm in a relatable point in my life for some people, maybe like, I I think I'm too intense and significance is driving me. And like, I like, we just launched brand new technology. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a early stage employee. Like I harness all of that. Like I need that. I need to drink Kool-Aid. I need to be about something and whatever I'm doing in my life at that moment is like kind of the first thing in my life. Like I've never been good about throttling that back or being circumspect about something or, you know, investing for the long future. Like I'm like, let's hit home runs today right. with what we got going on. That's so fair. golf is very much a, a game of patience and, um, you know, it, it's not the biggest brawniest guy on the course that has the biggest swing that mm-hmm. can even hit it the farthest. Sometimes there's a lot of different factors that happen. And, um, I just enjoy the physical exercise element and really without going camping, there's no other way that you can kind of dip into nature like I love being in manicured nature for four hours yeah. where you get off the highway, you get off the road, you, you just hear the birds chirping. It's quiet. 
going for your approach shot you know like it it's very tranquil and calming but also a good challenge that when you diversify your challenges you know i think that you become better in each if you're mm -hmm. still honed if you limit it to a couple that maybe there's one that challenges you physically and mainly physically and some mentally and then work is more mental and yeah. but you got to keep your got to keep your body up for your brain to be in good condition very true that's one thing that some people have griped about with all this covid stuff is like it's just social distance and stay away and meanwhile they don't talk about quit eating mcdonald's or yeah. starched you know whatever or sugars or refined sugars mm -hmm. or gluten don't worry about your sleep don't worry about your anxiety and personal relationships. Like all of this leads to our health. Yeah, definitely. All right. Welcome to the uh, Pastor mm -hmm. Carson and Sidekick Show. That's right. Definitely. So you got nothing else, man? Uh, Courtney and I started watching Nip Tuck. <gasps> Dude, I love I Nip know you do. Tuck. I told her you would freak out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just when you thought i was out <laughs> i come back oh, in. so so you know about the mvp of all time who is kimber oh kimber uh, is yeah. the mvp of all time yeah if you are a beautiful girl today that's great for you you're not as beautiful as kimber <laughs> okay you're not objectively no man would say so kimber is the mvp like there's never been a more perfect woman than Kimber. Yes. So we watched the first episode yesterday, and Ugh. she's hooked, so she'll continue watching it. Oh, I watched all seven or eight. I know. Like, the darker it You were got. watching it whenever we first became friends. No way. Yeah. Man. Yeah, the show was still going on whenever we just became friends. We were, like, watching that, that and Entourage. And Entourage, yeah. Those are the days, man. Those viewpoints were so antiquated, though. Like, mm -hmm. I watched movies... I watched a couple chick flicks over the weekend, um, you know, because as one does. Gosh, sure. <laughs> um, I watched. Uh, so I actually watched Clueless. OK. And Paul Rudd. It was a great movie. And I, I feel like I've seen it a billion years ago. Maybe not. Like it was very much new to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, you could not get away with half this stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, and that was just 20 years ago. Right. They were clueless. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, stay woke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I guess the Stacy Dash in that movie is now a Trump supporter, and everyone hates her. Uh, the main actress, who I thought, first of all, I was like, these children are so sexualized. I'm like, why are these yeah. kids like hot and 25? Like every one of these movies, they're like doing like blow and having yeah. sex in high school. Thirty like, thirty year olds playing eighteen yeah. year yeah, yeah, and they're like. I'm like, I, what high school had all these high heels going on and like mini skirts and like lingerie? This is crazy. Certainly not Burton Adventist Academy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> You're like, all right, heels required for Zoom, everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I guess that I meant at the collegiate level that you're now at, Brad. Jeez. Not as a teacher. No, that was the whole point, though. Got and the it. fact that, um, I don't remember if it was in Clueless or was it Mean Girls that I was watching. I was watching a bunch of shit, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Dang it. All right. I bring man. up Nip Tuck and you lose your mind. Uh, I did because you got me thinking about Kimber. It's and... okay. It's okay. Dang it. So you were watching. Sorry, tots and bots. We're going to leave that. <laughs> you want to try that? I'm not, I'm not going to go back and bleep that out. All right, buddy. Um, the whole point is that, you know, 
I think it was in one of those movies, they showed a teacher and student hooking up and didn't rectify that for like another 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, what am I watching right now? Right. So times, times change for sure. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we finally got K-Bebe, her <laughs> explicit sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You <laughs> finally earned it. Um, got any shout outs? Yeah. I got, um, well, first of all, Brock buffing abroad. It was great seeing you, man. Um, want to shout out again, Gary for last week. That was um, impactful, man. After yeah. that conversation, that song yep. is beautiful. It was great to hear from Gary. Yeah, for sure. Um, want to shout out. I know that my old roommate cam has also been listening. So I appreciate that. Just, you know, general shout out, uh, Gerald, Alec. And then I just want to shout out uh, my girlfriend, Courtney, cause she's amazing. Awesome. Uh, just loving life with her, man. So Right on. I, I don't even think she'll hear this, but just, you know, had to put it out in the universe. I'm going to shout out just all the typical suspects and listeners and. Oh, and then, yeah. And then I, do, I do also want to say uh, again, it was great talking with you, Heston um, and uh, John Seals and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm going to shout out your daddy. Oh, boy. You got another joke for us? Yeah. So he actually shared one with me last week when you were on the way over and topic was so heavy that we never got to it. I never even thought about it, but I Here messaged him back and I was like, you know what? This one's so good. I'm going to save it. I'm going to harvest this one. Okay. It's a real solid yo mama. All right. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> yo mama's so stupid. She thought a quarterback was a refund. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. That was uh, a liaise by Dean Colvin, June 3rd at 3:43 PM via LinkedIn. Shout out dad. A place for, professional networking and your mama jokes yeah um i do have a song that we'll be uh sharing at the end of this episode from one of my oh, yeah? yeah my old roommate uh garrett owen and um do i know this guy no you've never met him but he um he did not record a voice memo for this episode but he does want to come on the show in august because he's going to be releasing his new album and he'd like to um also provide a song from that album but um this is from his 2016 album and uh, he, yeah, he's just a really talented uh, artist. Um, roommate, where in in Dallas? My first year of teaching in Dallas, we uh, met. Oh. So I had two roommates in Dallas, um, and I met Garrett through my other roommate Chris because we used to go to this coffee shop called called Opening Bell uh, in Dallas. And on Wednesdays they'd have open mic night, and so I used to go and like kind of sing and do like spoken word spoken word poetry every once in a while and um, my roommate would sing and that's how he met Garrett who also uh, performed there and a lot of uh, really talented artists uh, have come out of just those open mic nights at opening bell I've I know at least two other artists that have been on the voice um, that I've met at opening bell um, and I don't know thinking about it I just I, I need to start going back because that was a lot of fun I haven't been in a few years but anyway uh, Garrett became our roommate and I just remember him uh, being out in kind of our little corridor hallway where it would echo a little bit and he was getting his acoustics and just you know hearing him write his lyrics and he was just uh, he really got into the science of music like he was always reading these books about um, music theory and different things like that. And he's just like, he was a really cool, really talented guy. So I'm really excited to be able to share one of his songs. Right on. Well, thanks for, as always, uh, creative directing the show and yeah. 
ultimate talent recruiter and curator. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll have anyone next week, but that's all right. Um, well, the the June summer concert series <laughs> has already been lovely because I okay. really enjoyed Gary's song last week. So I appreciate it, man. Um, do you want to just uh, intro the play us out? Then we'll catch you tots up next week. That's it. For yeah, we'll Carson. catch we'll catch y'all up next week. Um, without further ado, here is Garrett Owen with "Good Luck, Good Night." Turning my lights off Setting down in the dark Burning my brain down But I'm not sure where to start You know I'd rather be lost Than ever be found Wanting, needing, and bleeding So I'm headed underground Don't much need Place in the light, I haven't earned the right. Peace. I want it back, my place in the light. 